Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. You're listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. This is Paul Hawksby. And Andy Jacobs. And this is the H&J Daily with some of the best bits of this afternoon's show. Well, um, we were joined by Danny Kelly. We looked at uh, the matters top and bottom in the Premier League, the race for Europe, and just other bits and pieces after a mad few days. It was a mad few days. Um, there's going to be a new programme on next week um, on Sky, basically showing you some of the VAR decisions, which yeah. we thought was great. And we thought it could lead to a whole new channel of Ref TV. Ref TV. You had some great ideas for Ref TV, so thank you for those. We'll bring you those. We had a chat, and he had some readers' trousers, amongst other things. So I think that should do you. Here it all is. Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon, Andy. Good afternoon, Paul. Good afternoon. That's more like it, Brighton. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what you come in that's with. That's what you've the been Bra- reduced to. The Brighton Schaden. The Brighton Schaden Freuder. Yeah, that's yeah. it. So you're that's what I've been reducing. What a strange result that was, really. They, they oh, now Danny lost at home at Forest and Everton, but beaten United in between. Weird. Absolutely. Yeah, it's a weird was a very season. odd performance yesterday, wasn't it? But very well mm. done to Evan. Oh, a fantastic yeah, performance by them. So he's like Dwight McNeil. He's a good player, I think. And we're going to be having a chat with Danny Kelly. We're going to look at the issues top and bottom and also look at some of the other major stories. Those teams with really not a great deal to mm. play for at the moment. And Forest have got, I think, got more than more than enough to stay up. But I, I've seen here, I've made a note. Saturday, a big game for them against Informed Chelsea. Oh yeah, suddenly <laughs> you are. You're the Informed Club, aren't oh, you? After say. that commanding ish victory. <laughs> watching that, I didn't see it, but watching the the highlights on Match of the Day, you think, yeah. How do, how do we win this one? But still, there you go. Wins a win. So that we should salute the Telegraph today, um, uh, who in their little features pull-out section mm. obviously had a third of a page gap because somebody was watching the... Co- more royal news in. No, somebody was watching the coronation <laughs> oh, and they yeah. saw Penny Morden holding the sword of state. Oh, yeah. So they've, they've obviously phoned up one of their stringers. A barrel here. Um, can we get me 500 <laughs> quick words? Get on to a fitness expert. I need the Penny Morden uh, Sword of State workout. Now, that's what they've done, honestly. Picture the, gu- of, the Guardian picture, did something similar. Picture though. of Penny Morden with a sword, and then the way you can in- increase your upper yeah. body strength. So, if you ever find yourself in a situation where you've got to hold a sword up for about 20 minutes. No, it was 51 minutes. And I think the Guardian did a thing where yeah. yesterday where somebody tried it, the actual weight. You had doubt. It was very impressive. Really. Yeah, many of features Eddie had gone into overdrive yeah. off the back of that. I mean, it, it used to be a show years ago called Touch the Truck, didn't there? Where the, that was the mm. you know that was a. I mean, you could do that. You could, Penny Mordens hold the sword, <laughs> and see so you, you know you win. <laughs> 
couple of weeks we'll get in, her on Ref TV. A <laughs> couple of weeks in the Maldives, if you can hold the sword up. But yeah, maybe we should I, do that. Yeah, I did right. like this uh, pre-match quote from Arthur Edwards. He said, I have, this is the Sun photographer. The, yes. He said, I've travelled with Charles all over the world and I've come to understand and respect him. We spent so long together, we're like old companions. He calls me Arthur and I call him Your Majesty. <laughs> oh, really equal. So, he calls you by your name and you kind of call him by his title. So, uh, beautiful. Tremendous, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. So there we go. Anything um, else? Uh, well, I, I I enjoyed the uh, concert. I don't know if you saw it. Did you see? I did. See, yes, I was at a friend's house and we had it on in the oh, background. Yeah. Talking about Lionel Richie, though. Blimey. What? A, what? He was terrible, wasn't he? Was he? Why? Oh no! The way he sang "Easy Like Sunday Morning." I was thinking. I, we looked it up. He was 28 when he recorded that song, and you—that's yeah. the version you've got in your head. Yeah. And you hear it all the time. They play it a lot. And, and it's a great song, but it goes out then. You know, I thought it was like a worse than a Lionel Richie tribute act. I really? thought it was absolutely terrible. Okay, I but mean, there you I, go. I, I didn't know why you've taken against it. I know, it? I just thought it was a shame. Was it? I mean, I suppose when you've sung a song, you get that a lot with singers. When they've sung a song so many mm. times, they want to, they said, that would do it as a swing version. Yeah, but don't yeah. do that. Just do it the way we want to hear it. But I didn't think it was, he didn't depart mm. from it that much. He didn't do it in Latin, did he? <laughs> Could have been worse. All the songs, <laughs> all the songs had to be in Latin. That was an astonishing piece by Henry Winter this morning about goalkeeping wastes of time and we, oh, yeah. we talked a lot about this and Nick Pope of course oh, is the king the governor the governor of that yeah but the same- I call him your majesty and he calls me Arthur which <laughs> is quite right. strange it's, it's not my name at all the Southampton keeper well, what's his name now uh, I didn't write it down now Bazundi, no. What's his name? Bazunu. Bazunu. Yeah, yeah. That's it. Uh, he wasted an astonishing thirteen minutes in the Arsenal yeah. game on goal kicks. Thirteen minutes of the match taken up with that's ridiculous, isn't yeah. it? Well, this statistic. leads us on to you've got some neck. Um, uh, yes, Eddie Howe. Oh, yeah. I was talking to Harmy about this earlier on. I saw him outside and he was at the game the other day. And he said, I think we were getting frustrated with the time wasting. I said, oh, come on, though, Steve. I said, for Eddie Howe to sit there and moan about <clears> game <throat> management and time wasting was priceless. It's very frustrating for us, said Eddie. Lots of breaks in play. We wanted the ball in play more. Yeah, and so's every team who's played Newcastle. Yeah. And Nick Arsenal Pope. at the Emirates. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was staggering. I mean, that uh, was that. I thought, come on, you've got some. I mean, he must have, you know, he must have been thinking, I'm on slightly rocky ground when I say that. But, I um, mean, it did uh, remind me of, I've mentioned before, a friend of mine years and years ago had a car nicked in Australia and um, it's quite an old car so they they phoned up the police said we've got your car back it was two young lads who'd uh, taken it and so when she went to pick it up um, said you'd never believe what went on that when we got these guys and sort of took them in with the car they were saying shouldn't be us you're uh, arresting should be her look at that two bald tires the brakes like <laughs> the pump I nearly crashed they complained they nicked her car then they complained about the well, state of it said yeah you should definitely get her in she should you know she needs some points on her licence for brilliant, that isn't it? so that's, that's it's mm. slightly different from um, moaning about time wasting but you've got some neck we'll take some of those and Ref TV yes that's yeah. right that's from next week Week. Howard Webb, the head of the referees, is moving at a far, a far um, faster pace than far, I can't speak faster pace than we saw before. You know, <laughs> things are changing rather rapidly in the world of refereeing, which is good. So we're not going to wait until the start of next season. As from next week, there'll be a little video put together. Premier League productions. It'll look quite good. They've done it in the States before when yeah. he was over we'll there. We'll play a bit of the States when they we will. Sound, they sound a bit panicky and frantic, though. Well, I suppose they're trying to get quick decisions, but you'll hear the conversation that goes on between the referee around decisions 
and the, the, the people at Stockley Park, the VAR people, or wherever they do it in the States. But it mm. is interesting, and it will give us an insight. You can't do it instantaneously, but it'll be a couple of days after the games. We'll speak to Mr VAR, Dale Johnson, about that. And as we said, we'll play you uh, a little bit of um, how it's likely to sound the way it sounded over in the States. But uh, off the back of that, Ref TV. Yeah, we want uh, we want to build Ref TV. I did like Mike Dean's pack lunch. I know, I've got later with Chris Kavanagh. Well, no, you know, it's not. It's going to be later with um, uh, with John Moss because he's, oh, he's the music expert. Music, yeah, yeah, we'll he's got his there. vinyl whistle shop in. in uh, is it in Leeds? Yeah. His shop? And I'm very much looking forward to Darren Can's new drama, Running the Line of Duty. Oh, that's good. That should be yeah, good. Yeah, that's right. Those long interview sequences <laughs> when they're going for all the VAR. Harry Redknapp's H. Yeah, that's it, of course. Was he H all along? He might have been. It's been beautiful. <laughs> this incredibly serious program right at the end. Harry Redknapp just walks in, and it was him all along. So, um, we are looking for a day's programming on Refs TV. Uh, Michael Oliver's Great Cookbook Challenge. <laughs> Jamie's brother, that's, that's right. Very okay, good, yeah. thank you very much. Somebody's not put their name on that. But, well, yeah, we'd like to put <clears> some <throat> programming good. together because they're mm. going to be so good, the refs on this, aren't they? They're going to want to open it up for more programming. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Good afternoon, Paul Hawksby. Andy Jacobs here on TalkSport. Well, as always, we're going to reflect then on a busy few days in the Premier League. And as we have three... Pretty crucial games yesterday. Danny Kelly joins us a day later than advertised. But good afternoon, Danny. Hello, how are you doing? Yeah, we're not too bad, not too bad, thank you. So we decided, we thought we would first take a look at the top two, uh, their respective uh, run-ins, what we learned from their performances over the weekend and how everything else that's going on, especially with City tonight and stuff, may feed into the remaining games. I say I was having a chat with Steve Harmison who was reporting uh, uh-huh. from St James's Park the other day for us. And, you know, he, he, he quite rightly said best team won. It was a, a very, very good performance by Arsenal, wasn't it? Pro- proving that they're still very much in the mix. I mean, it, it really was. And their response to their defeat at home to Manchester City has been uh, fantastic. Use the phrase, I think, last time we spoke, Paul, they're keeping Manchester City honest. Because um, City are, you know, arguably the, the best team in the world just now. And for 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 them to be still having to win games to to keep, you know, to win the title, Manchester City is extraordinary. So Arsenal deserve a huge amount of credit. And going to Newcastle, we all know these days is very very difficult. The crowd are always into the game. They've got good players, but Arsenal, I mean, overall Arsenal held them at arm's length. And I, I think as well, we also have to say that Martin Odegaard. Um, you know he won't be he won't be football of the year or anything like that because you know presumably Haaland will win all the awards. Mm. Um, but he has been fantastic, and he and once again he picked the team up there when he needed to, and carried them over the line. Really good. It could have been different, and um, the penalty was very controversial, but or the non-penalty, but it wasn't a penalty though. Was I don't it? think it was. Within, no, it wasn't. You know, it wasn't. Oh, it was interesting. They made such a like just how you were saying. They made such a great start. You know, hitting the post the way they did. They were really on it. And they had, they were, you know, in the ascendancy. Then the penalty's not given. That break in play, plus the fact Arsenal go up the other end, completely changes the dynamic of the game. And Newcastle really never completely mm. got going they again, did them they? Hard, but they, they did well. Yeah, and they did defend well. Both both goalkeepers made big saves. Mm. But um, they, they, we were saying last week that that all or nothing. I wonder if some of them did watch it back. I wonder if um, Mikel Arteta showed them that Newcastle game again because they did feed off it. It it was pretty apparent they were going to, I think. The, um, I mean, obviously, at the time, I thought that was a a really odd response um, when I was watching it by by Mikel Arteta. Um, He, 
if I was a player sitting there watching him doing his absolute pieces after the horse had bolted, really, the horse was gone, um, I would have thought, oh, God, give it a rest, mate. Um, but clearly, the, that defeat um, at, at St. James's, following their defeat, Paul, you'll want me to mention in the North London derby, mm-hmm. um, did rankle with Arsenal. Um, but the difference is now Newcastle are, are a better team than they were last season and Arsenal are a much better team than they were last year. Yes. Um, so, I mean, it was, they, they need to get the PR sorted out, though, because the manager said uh, it wasn't really a revenge mission. The players clearly had other ideas. Yeah, we're getting that tonight with Rodri. We've got Pep Guardiola saying it's not about oh, yeah. revenge. And we've got Rodri saying, <laughs> I want revenge. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's got his revenge T-shirt on, hasn't he? I think he has, yeah, yeah. Newcastle, though, looking a bit over their shoulder at Liverpool and, and United as well. You know, at one point you thought Liverpool went out of this, but they're not. And they, if they keep on winning the way they're doing, they could still finish top four and one of those will miss out. Um, yes, uh, the Liverpool, uh, I think we say it a thousand times here on, on, on H&J over the past. They, they couldn't be as bad as they were appearing to be. They've got all sorts of problems, but they're not they're not a dreadful team. And, you know, they, they are closing in now. It, it looks to me like, um, I think Newcastle have got plenty of momentum. It's just that Manchester United, as we'll probably talk about, like they're capable occasionally of just having complete sort of snoozy days. And they had a, they had a little sort of um, holiday at the weekend, didn't mm. they? Mm. Uh, two defeats we, in a row. It's worth looking at the remaining yeah. games for both teams. I mean, Arsenal play uh, Brighton at home next up and City have got to go to Everton I think it might be Martin mm-hmm. Tyler in commentary making the point that, that, that dependent on that um, Newcastle Arsenal result had Newcastle won that you would have seen probably a vastly different team playing Everton at the weekend between the two European games but they're going to have to be at it and they're going to play an Everton team although you know it was a classic away performance by Everton yesterday they're going to have Everton at Goodison the crowd are going to be right up for it the players you would think after a big 5-1 win and smelling survival will be up for it. So that's become a much, much tougher game this weekend for City, isn't it? Um, one wonders, you know, it, 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 it could have been... It, it, sorry, let me get this right. Let me speak clearly to you. No one, I think, expected Everton, the performance they got. Um, so the City might have expected they'd be going to Goodison with Everton in a kind of must-win mindset. They no longer have that. They can probably be a bit more relaxed. Um, swings and roundabouts, really. Mm. I mean, the truth of the matter mm. is, Everton were always going to be a more difficult proposition uh, at home for Manchester City, regardless of what the previous results had been. They may have a bit more confidence. Um, but Pep, Pep Guardiola so far in this run-in, without going into over-tinkering mode, which he has been accused of in the past. Sorry, I'm hiding behind his previous accusers there which I think he's done in the past, has actually managed to rest some of the vital players at various times this season really, really skillfully. It helps he's got a fantastic squad, of course. Um, it is it is a tricky one because of those two Real Madrid games. It is a really tricky game for Manchester City, and that's the one that I think Arsenal will have their fingers mm-hmm. crossed for a slip-up. Mm-hmm. They are, they are, they've um, got Brighton at home on the same day, Arsenal. And Deserby's already been saying that oh, he wasn't going to have to play a lot better. Than oh yeah, just, he said he wasn't happy be. with that performance. I'm sure we'll show what we've got uh, uh, on Sunday against Arsenal. It's a game Arsenal would expect to win, but it's not an easy uh, game, is it? Uh, no, I, I was I was uh, laughing to myself, uh, Paul, um, about about Roberto Deserby after the game, where perhaps because of his Italian accent, but it was like mini Conte, wasn't it? <laughs> this won't do at all. I'm not, I'm not sure I like this and all the rest of it. Um, you've got to be very very careful there, Roberto, because um, 
He's done brilliantly at Brighton, and yet uh, we all know that his representatives have been gently sounding out, you know, other prospects in the in the let's call it the medium term, mm. um, while while his stock is still so high, and footballers get wind of things very very easily. And Brighton were miles off it the weekend, weren't they? Really? Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Um, oh, yeah. Obviously, City have still got to go to. Uh, they're at home to Chelsea, so you go to uh, City, oh, don't you? Don't worry about that. You're resurgent Chelsea. <laughs> resurgent. Yeah, you're back. You're back yeah. after the weekend. You, look, you never know. You just don't know. But, yeah. you know, if they play the way they played at Arsenal, I wouldn't fancy it. And, and City have beaten Chelsea, I think, three times already this season. And that same weekend, um, it's um, Arsenal going to Forest. Now, we don't know what's going to go on in the meantime. If, if Forest are effectively safe before they play that game, it'll be party time. There's two ways of looking at it. You know, they'll play with freedom, they'll be brilliant, or they'll need something from the game and which makes it home. tougher for Arsenal. They are good at home. So, you know, you, you just sense that everybody, as soon as the, the, the game between City and Arsenal was done, everybody was saying, that's it, it's all over. But I, mm. I don't think it is and it ever was. No. Uh, the, the Arsenal proved in the north in the northeast of the weekend that um, you know everybody goes on and quite rightly about the atmosphere at St James's and I saw during the weekend people literally reflecting on the same thing in that mad game between Nottingham Forest and Southampton how the Forest fans just kept going for the full 95 96 minutes whatever it was um, but Arsenal have proven I think in the last few days that they they can go to those places ride out the the, the, the enthusiasm of the crowd and, and, and eventually start, you know, let their football do the talking. Um, I mean, it totally, it's, ob- it's obvious that home advantage is, is is an important thing to football teams. But I do also always think, hang on, if you're any kind of a decent team, you look at the other 10 people around, you say, right, well, these, these 58,000 or whatever the number's going to be at the, at the city ground, they can't be on the pitch here. It's just us. Um, I think that's the best teams um, approach away matches in exactly like that. They, they can block out the atmosphere or feed off it, of course. Human beings can often feed off that kind of adversity. Yeah, but well, Arsenal have to win all three. City can afford a draw. They've got two-point lead. They've got a much better goal difference. Mm. Yes. Um, you know, yeah, so. look, it's, it's, it's very much in their favour, but who knows? The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Paul Hawksby, Andy Jacobs here on Talk Sport. We have looked at the top two and how uh, that may shake mm. down over the next couple of weeks. Now time to look at the bottom of the table and who is likely to go down. Danny Kelly is with us as always. Danny, I'll take it after that win against uh, Manchester United of the weekend on 37 points. We're taking West Ham out of the mix. We're working our way down from 16th, are we? I think that's right. And I, th- I think that's been true um, since Bournemouth went on their good run that it was really kind of... Um, two places from five and West Ham are, uh, I mean, first and foremost, a really excellent win for them. And secondly, uh, they're safe enough now and they can concentrate, as they say, on the conference, on the European Conference League. Mm. Um, the, uh, we should make the point that whoever goes down of the teams that we're going to talk about in the next few minutes, um, they're going to join a, a, one of the most exciting mm. leagues in world football. What about the the race to get in the playoffs yesterday yeah. in the championship? Where, I don't think they'll be looking at it that way, though. Do you? <laughs> no, well, every cloud. Well, uh, as you know, Andy, I'm a bit panglossy, and the glasses always <laughs> fall with me. Um, but just to, just because I have so many friends who support Millwall. Mm. Uh, sort of Millwall, as they would insist, yeah. watching them go from Oof. from absolute certainties to eighth place in, a, in the space of half an hour, toe curling stuff. Mm. Um, yeah, West Ham are clear now. It, 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 we're down to you know Leeds, uh, Leicester, 
Everton and Nottingham Forest, really, aren't yeah. we? I mean, the fact you've not even mentioned Southampton mm. suggests that they're, they're, no, they're, they are done. They're done. They require a, 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 a mathematical miracle because it, not only would they have to win all their games, but everybody else would have to lose all theirs. And uh, even allowing for the uh, the uh, pixiness of the gods of football, I suspect that's not a, not a runner, is it? No, no, that is uh, true. It's interesting. I mean, that that's been a disastrous mm. season for them, from Harson Hoople to Jones to Sellers to. I mean, Dan, I was listening to uh, Danny Murphy, uh, co-commentator last night, and he was less than complimentary about some of the stuff that was uh, going on on the Southampton. Uh, bench, yeah. I mean, they're going to have to have a proper look at what's gone on this year and learn from it. You would think. Uh, you uh, you use the phrase this year, Paul, and mm. I would say they need to widen the scope of that inquiry yeah. because five years ago Southampton were being um, lauded in the way that Brighton are now as the exact way to do this thing of recruiting and selling them on, mm. making more money recruiting. The, the, the trouble with that is that you have to get all that recruitment and the managerial appointments 90% right. Um, otherwise, uh, you get into a situation where we watched Southampton's, the general quality of Southampton's squad has deteriorated year on year. And, in a, and it's something as competitive as the Premier League that can only mean one thing. You might have a really bad year. Let's say that Everton are having a really bad another bad year last year. Mm. You might have a really bad year, but if you start circling the drain in the Premier League, such as the, the power of the opposition that you're facing week after week after week, um, you will eventually go down. I feel Southampton, um, I don't, I'm not sure what else they could do because how else do they run the club? But you have to get so many decisions so right over a long period of time to avoid what's happened to them in the last 24 months. Absolutely. One of the interesting things about watching the relegation battle is which of the good players will move on if yeah. they go down Yeah. Like Ward Prowse, for example, you just cannot see him staying at Southampton. He might, he loves it there, but... He he could play, you know, just for the free kicks alone. He he, he could get a move, couldn't he? Uh, Brennan Johnson, he looks really good again. Yeah. And Madison, James Madison, again, well, you can't imagine oh, him staying. There's loads of players, and then this is you're right. You you do play kind of um, fantasy football. If that three go down, could could mm. Team X, not Chelsea, because mm. they they could Team X get X Y Z? All those players there. Um, you know, Harvey Barnes, I think, is a really underrated footballer. Mm. Um, will he want to have another season at Leicester um, at the peak of his career to get the help get them back out of that division? Um, and because as we've seen with people, people, teams like Norwich, there is no guarantee that no matter what uh, effort you put in, that you're going to be able to get out of that division, you know. Calvert-Lewin's another one. If he could guarantee his fitness, he'd be good for anyone. I mean, for example, if Spurs yeah. lost Kane, he'd be a great replacement. But... You can't guarantee that he's going to stay fit, but what a difference he makes to Everton when he is fit. He's a good player. Um, all, all kinds of things have been said about that Everton performance at Brighton. First of all, Andy, what a weekend for you. Brighton walloped and Chelsea in yeah. full effect. He had um, a street brilliant. party. Uh, he did. Nothing oh, yeah. to do with the coronation. He just had a street party. <laughs> I, I, I know that he two and a half million people celebrating with Andy <laughs> in the streets. I thought it was amazing. Um, look, when Sean Dyche went there, um, we all very wisely stroked our chins and said, yes, that's the perfect sort of appointment. That was the perfect sort of appointment for watching them win 1-0 at home. We didn't think they'd be going to places like Brighton and whacking yeah. uh, the locals. Of course, when the goal went in so very, very early, I turned to a completely uninterested lady wife and said, oh, <laughs> you, don't, you, you don't need to go one down to a Sean Dyche team, I can assure you. Because then, of course, they were going to play on the break. And hmm. people like McNeil have shown... In his, in his spell at Burnley, and it's only just starting to show it now again on the dice. That you know, on the break, he's he, he, he's a fantastic player, 
And I, 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 does Zerbi <clears throat> change change four people at half time? But the horse had gone by now. True, mm. Truthfully, it had gone. But Everton were quite apart from the circumstances of the game. Just watching two football teams play, they were brilliant. They were brilliant. Dwight McNeil, it's quite nice to see a left-footed player playing on the left wing yeah. instead of being also, inverted. The goal, the goal, it was a bit Jeff Hurst in 66, wasn't it? It was like yeah. the hat-trick goal, the way he sort of crashed it into the top of the net. The um, Let's look at their remaining games in Everton as we're talking about them now. Mm. They've got a pretty decent run in. They've got, OK, City at home, but as I said... Um, We'll see what happens Good then. time to play them. Not a bad time to play them. Um, and it, it'll be a great atmosphere at Goodison after that result, yeah. definitely. Whether that's enough, we'll see. Wolves away. Wolves are safe now. Lopetegui's done his thing. Against that old thing, yeah. of, they're playing without pressure, mm. so they could be dangerous, or they've got a cigar yeah, on. So they know that Lopetegui's going to be there next year. They, the players have yeah. got to put it in. They had a terrible result, didn't they, when they got hammered by Brighton 6-0, whatever it was. And... Uh, and they put in a bit of a performance on the weekend, yeah. beating Villa. So that won't be easy. And the final game, Bournemouth at home. Based on that running, again, it does depend on other results, etc. Not the worst running. Two of those three, uh, very doable from their point of view. Yesterday's result was huge in terms of morale and, and you know, mathematics as well, I think. Yeah, the mathematics were, were, were the thing, you know, because... Whatever about morale, the, the, the three points have really put Leeds and Leicester into a terrible place. And Leeds, since Paul, you've been quite rightly looking at run-ins. Um, Leeds, are, they, they went to Manchester City and they didn't get hammered. So you could, they could even argue mm. that they helped themselves with their goal difference there. But the remainder of their running, home to Newcastle, yep. who, will, who still need points, um, away to West Ham, who might be distracted, but even so, that's a difficult t- place to go. And then they play at home to Spurs. Mm. Um, it depends what Tottenham, may- where will Tottenham are at. If Tottenham are chasing Europa League suddenly, because mm. the way it shakes down, yeah, it looks like they could. Then, then that's a big game for Tottenham. So again, so much has got to happen before we know the kind of story around this. What are you games. suggesting, Paul, that Spurs might be trying to get out of the Conference <laughs> League? Well, mm. if maybe they've got Conference League confirmed and they've got a bit of a gob on because of it. And uh, <laughs> on that basis, Tottenham aren't a bad play no. team to play if you need to stay up on the last day. Their, cu- their current captain and talisman made it plain after the victory over Crystal Palace mm. um, that they must try and win the Conference League. He said, we must try and win it, Ooh. which I have to say, Paul, in the uh, in the Olympics of uh, straw clutching, I really, really grabbed that <laughs> um, and thought, ha-ha, he's staying to play in the Conference League. Excellent. <laughs> would you, so you'd be saying, Danny, you think, you're looking at that run in at Leeds, that, Leeds, yeah. I mean, it, you could make a you case could. for the bottom three as they stand yeah, at the moment. they play better football than Man City, apparently. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Have you ever heard no. any? They're so mad, that crowd. It must have been tongue-in-cheek, that, wasn't it? What? Sam? Big Sam. Saying he, was, he, was, he, wasn't, he wasn't saying that, was he? When has a big Sam team ever played football to the quality of City? Never. They never I think he was that. comparing himself to the, the knowledge and longevity of some of the other managers. I don't think he was questioning City against his current lead side. I think you've slightly taken that out of context. Sorry, just to add to the complications yeah. for Leeds... Two of these last three games against uh, old teams of Sam Allardyce, who may, may yeah. or, the fans may or may not be looking to uh, to get involved as well. <laughs> they could do, and then Leicester, who and that was a, a oh, real shocker a yesterday. It's like that was that, for them. you looked at Fulham the other week. They had a game I can't remember it was against, and they did it like they're on the beach. But you know, when you go on holiday, sometimes <laughs> you have an active beach holiday. You're up there playing <laughs> bat, and ball, bat and ball, and there you're doing the paragliding, yeah. and you're one oh sit down, have a, oh I can't sit down. You know I don't like lying on the beach, and that's you're, the kind. Kind of on you're, the you're being towed along behind a speedboat on that <laughs> big are. banana. That's what they're doing. <laughs> they're, you know, Kearney's sort of waving at, oh, 
all the people from the you know every all the Fulham players. William there, really? he's playing bat and ball. He's got to be one of the surprise comebacks of the year. It's yeah, they're just for him. And, and Leicester probably weren't expecting that. Um, and it's really putting behind the eight ball now. So Liverpool at home, they've got then they've got Newcastle mm. away, as we said. And both those sides mm. are sort of pushing for Europe. Plenty to play for, yeah. And then West Ham have got a huge role in all of this. Mm. They may just be, you know, thinking of that that European well, final at that stage. But it, it's not looking good, is it? To lose a game like that, despite the fight back and the fans. Apparently, there was a lot of gallows humour yesterday. Apparently, the Leicester fans sort of turning on the turning on the team and the management yesterday. Apparently, those that tra- travelled. They they can't defend at all, and uh, I mean, the game was a, it was a basketball match. They they had eighteen shots. Fulham only had seventeen, mm. but Fulham but Fulham's defence was slightly less porous than 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 that of Leicester. And from the very start of this season, when we've been doing this slot, we've been speculating about the the sale of Casper Schmeichel. And they have never settled down in goal, have they? They had Ward for the first uh, long period of it, and no one was quite convinced about him. Now they've got the, the current fellow. Everson, Everson, yeah. But he played Everson. brilliantly the other night against great saves Leeds. Last week. He yeah. did, he did. But, I, but, but this game, that free kick that goes across him and goes in, the long shot yeah, that I think great. a better goalkeeper might have stopped. Um, I, mean, I don't actually blame him. That defence is ridiculous. Some of the things you see them doing, and these are all individually. You look at Leicester's back four. Um, Castagna was a, you know, a, a much prized player before he moved to England. Um, Fass is now you know, in the Belgium team. So yunchu has been a, a kind of stalwart. Um, Christensen I know a little bit less about. But in combination with their, with their midfield two, um, which... You know, indeed, he just hasn't been the player he would normally be. They just don't defend their goal properly, and I, I, mean, I don't want to spoil the show for the next for the next two or three weeks. I just can't see them getting the results they need. Yeah, no, it is feeling increasingly. But you know, we wouldn't have been saying that before the weekend, but we're now saying Saints. We would have said, but Leeds and Leicester maybe not so much. So. You realise that Southampton, a quarter of their points have come from Chelsea. It says it all, doesn't it? About <laughs> Chelsea's season. I know they'd get a mention in the in the, in that sort of also <laughs> round bit. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Paul Hawksby and Jacobs here on Talksport, reflecting on the last few days in the Premier League and where it uh, leaves us. Bit of a state of play. We've looked at the top, we've looked at the bottom, and we're now going to look at the uh, European places. And um, they're all still very much up for grabs, as the great Brian yeah, Moore once said. Yeah, like the top four was done, but now yeah. suddenly it doesn't look that way. Liverpool's resurgence. Uh, well, let's tell you what's going on. You know everything's going on with City and Arsenal. Then you've got Newcastle on 65 points, Manchester United on 63 they're currently in the Champions League places. Liverpool now on 62. They've played a game more than Newcastle and Manchester United. Spurs uh, have had a decent goal result the weekend. Goal difference will come into it as well. Yeah, that's right. Liverpool's goal difference is is much better. Well, it's better than United's and Tottenham's, um, uh, mm-hmm. but not as good as Newcastle's. Tottenham find themselves on 57. Brighton, after that blip yesterday, 55. Yeah. Villa still in the mix nah. on 54. They've played third. And obviously, Brighton have got two extra games yeah. to play. I think so, it's going to come from those. Um, Danny, uh, do you see yeah. Newcastle, and we'll come on to United in a minute, but do you see Newcastle ultimately slipping up? They are going to be playing Brighton as part of their remaining games. Those two could carve each other up. Who knows? Well, they could, but that would only be matching a lot of these teams play each other in the latter fixtures. And uh, I think that could all even out pretty easily. 
I actually think, Paul, without wanting to spoil the next 15 minutes of the show... Um, <laughs> it's done. Yeah, well, no, no. It, it, it's all... It, if you look at the fixtures, mm. Manchester United are home to Wolves, yeah. away to Bournemouth, and home mm. to Chelsea. They could easily get all nine points. Newcastle... How dare you? Away, away to Leeds... <laughs> Home to Brighton, Chelsea. Are you sure and, about and, that? <laughs> and and home to Leicester. Yeah. They would expect to get all nine points. Liverpool, um, they go to Leicester, home to Villa, and they go to Southampton. I, it is perfectly foreseeable mm. that all those teams will win all their remaining games. The only um, thing is, Manchester United, Chelsea has been nil nil the last about the last ten games. It's always nil nil. Right. So that's not an easy game for United, even though Chelsea are a bit flaky. I've actually, I've actually, um, when I was writing this down, I missed out one fixture of both. They're probably both playing Manchester City. I don't know. <laughs> um, Brighton, Brighton have got the games in hand, mm. um, but their their running looks terribly difficult. They go to Arsenal, mm. they go to Newcastle, then they have what they would consider. A, they got a local derby, then at home to Southampton, then they're at home to Manchester City who may be clinching the title that weekend, and then away to Aston Villa. So although Brighton have, have been playing some very good football this weekend, notwithstanding, and have those games in hand over Tottenham, Liverpool, Manchester United and Newcastle, some more than others, not one of their games could be said to be an absolute gimme. So they've got, they've got a lot to do as well. Yeah, but their results are better against the top teams than they are against the bottom teams, which is quite strange. But there we go. Um, yeah, maybe they're, maybe they're better suited when they don't have so much... Um, of the responsibility to make the game, Andy. That, that, that's perfectly possible. But even so, if you looked at that fixture list, you would you would be we would be going, oh, we're really good against this sort of team. Don't worry about it. I think I think it's tough they're running. Yeah, I mean, I mean Liverpool just picking up points. I mean they were mm. lucky against Tottenham, weren't they, to get the three points? Even against Brentford on Saturday, you know Brentford could have got something out of the game. I guess if you were making the case against Liverpool, um, you would say that their away form has just been. At best, average, hasn't it? And uh, they, they they will go to a Leicester team in, in the next fixture that are desperate for the points. Um, but they also Southampton will be down uh, unless these, as I say, these very capricious gods of football have got something special in store for us. Um, they will be down by the time Liverpool go there. Um, they, yeah, I, I, I don't, nobody is professing for one minute that Liverpool are anything like the team they were last year. Um, but I think that their their fixtures look, look pretty yeah, suitable. Yeah, they should win all their games. Yeah. Did you see Darwin Nunes, who I think will be good next year? There was a good bit of analysis actually on him, match of the day. Uh, but he has an xG underperformance of minus three point two one. I don't know what that means. Yeah. <laughs> it's tremendous. What's Havertz yeah. if he's got a minus three two one? Yeah, I mean they did. They sort of dissected the way he plays. But you know, you you can see there's a player there, and apparently mm. you'll know from working with Andy Brassel that mm. you know there is a there is a pattern there's for. A the way he, fella, he works, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah they, in, in his last season in Portugal, the, the penultimate season in Portugal, everyone said, oh, this, this, he was a boy then, this boy's got tremendous potential. He then cashed that in the following year, ran up a, a tonne of goals, which caused Liverpool to get a hold of him. And in the Liverpool side that has not been at its very best, you've seen that A, his uh, enthusiasm for the game, uh, B, his running power, um, have all have all been there, and if mm. they if they reload slightly in midfield, you can see that he will get a lot of chances, and I suspect will be one of the hits of next season. Nothing is certain in football, but that that's that's a likelihood, yeah. I think. And I'd gird myself for a season out of Europe, or possibly back in the conference plate that we graced so beautifully before we were kicked out for not putting <laughs> out a team mm. last time around. Um, but suddenly, 
Um, I mean, look, that, that result of the weekend leaves Tottenham, on, they're in sixth place on 57 points, two out of Brighton, but Brighton have got those extra couple of games they've played. Villa on 54, so they could catch them with the games that are left. But, you know, playing better uh, under Ryan Mason, a bit more tactically flexible. Mm-hmm. Players seem to have a bit more about them, seem to be enjoying their football more. They could also, who knows, if they went and took nine points, I, I think... Uh, I think Tottenham fans would would take Europa League uh, this season, certainly. Paul, if I remind you that it's only a few weeks ago that they were winning at Southampton and going third um, Mm. when the referee invented that penalty... Um, the the idea of settling for the Europa League seems seems pretty galling now, although you're you're right to say that two weeks ago, when, when Stellini was still in charge... Um, it looked like it would be it would be Thursday night or possibly no night at you know the conference on no night at all. Um, they, they they the big game is 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 uh, the next one away at Aston Villa. They can take Villa out of the equation completely mm. and give themselves if they win that they give themselves two very winnable games during the season: home to Brentford and away to Leeds. And that would put you know then they would presumably finish in the in the Europa League places. Uh, it, it's tricky, isn't it? They. they I'll ask you. I'll ask you the question another way. And Andy, maybe want to join. Do Spurs deserve anything other than the conference the way they played in the second half of this season? No, I don't. I don't no, think so. Um, that, I, mean, you, I always you get what you deserve. Where you finish is where yeah. you finish. I mean, so, I did. I mean, it, how often did we look at that league table and look at the way we were playing and think, mm-hmm. how are we still fourth? How could mm-hmm. we go third today if we don't concede a daft penalty at the end of this match? It was. It felt like a false position, which is an odd thing to say because it isn't. Because you know, as Andy says. You know, you are where you deserve to be, and you've got the points that, and the goals that prove that. But it, it never, it, it was kind of, it was a bit of a house of straw, Danny. I don't know how you felt about it. Well, you have to go down to 14th position to find a team who's conceded more goals this season. Mm. Um, and that's that's the the, the, the the issue, isn't it? 57 goals against in 35 games. Um, you don't you don't have to be a mathematical genius to work out that you're giving yourself mountain after mountain to climb in football matches. And, you know, getting goals in the Premier League, you have to claw these things out the cold, hard earth to be given away one and three quarters a game and expecting to be qualifying for Europe. I think is a real big stretch. Um, and there are teams, there are teams who are. Uh, who are still in every danger of being relegated, who've conceded less goals than Spurs have, and they're going to have to sort that out. Andy is right, though. Um, cup competitions, you can limp through, you can luck through, you can um, the, the referee can make a decision that helps you through. Uh, in, in the end, of a, the whole point of a 38-game season is you get exactly what you deserve. And... There are exceptions, you know. Notts County with a hundred and what's one hundred and seven points, not getting, uh, not winning the, the league they were in in the, in the national league. Mm. Um, but Spurs are, you know, probably the sixth or seventh best team, um, and we'll have to settle for that. We've, it's a we, fascinating summer for Spurs, though. The new manager, who's it going to be? Yeah, Kane. I mean, what is he going to do? Is mm. it's going to be? I th- I personally think he'll stay. I do. I just think you he think, why, Andy? Why because do you think he that? loves it at Tottenham, and I just think mm-hmm. that. Well, he might stay, but he might not sign a new contract. Well, that, there's um, a big difference. Yeah, but then he won't stay. I well, think, I think he might sign. a you new You could contract. argue that they would work on the basis that a new manager and sporting director came in. He felt it was heading in the right direction and could sign a yeah, contract. A new contract is just as likely as leaving. Year. I reckon. We shall see. Um, Brentford fans can enjoy these last few games. I mean, again, consolidating uh, after coming up, as they did before. Andy, you've been going there a lot. A solid ninth 
this season. That's fantastic. Isn't Very it? good Four season, but a brilliant season. Next season could be tricky because they're going to lose Ivan Tony one way or the other. They're going to lose him. So yeah. I think you know that and Raya. So, but that's what they do, Brentford. And it's 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 how you avoid doing a Southampton. If you keep selling your best players, like Danny was saying, mm. eventually it can be tricky. But it's been a brilliant season for Brentford, no question. And uh, they, they they deserve they, it. They, they, they can say, Andy, though, that they, they have potential there because they've drawn more teams than any other in the Premier League. And, you know, let's take, they've got 14 draws. If they converted four of those into wins, they'd be challenging for Europe again next season. If they lost yeah, you four of those... you the other way, exactly. Yeah, you lost four <laughs> of them, then you're in that ever-largening peloton of, of teams mm. who, are, who are, you know, spending the whole season looking over their shoulders trying to avoid relegation. Yeah, and it's interesting looking at Palace the other day. There was a kind of weariness about them. It was almost like their work was done. I'm sure Roy wouldn't say that, but but you know they've they've climbed their mountain really to get away from where they were, and they even their most creative players weren't quite at it in the same way. Um, it'd be interesting to see where now Wolves are safe, whether they do a Fulham and have that active beach holiday. And Chelsea, I mean, overall, you, it's very hard to say that they're the great underachievers this year. It's the, been the biggest shock of the season, hasn't oh, it? Oh, really? yeah, they've been pathetic. It's been a strange, strange yeah, season. There's no other way to describe it. It's been a disgrace, the, the way they've performed for the money they get and the, what they what they are. You know, it is no, uh, absolutely uh, disgraceful. I mean, no Against question. expectation um, and... And um, the cost of the squad and the uh, wages of the squad, there is there, there is no more. Um, now I hate to say it because they, you know, they'll probably batter Spurs twice next season. Yeah. Um, there's there's no there's no worse team in European football this year than what Chelsea have presented to the Premier League, and more importantly to their long-suffering supporters. Um, yeah. And Andy, Andy, you don't do you think? It, the, uh, you know, they think the season out of Europe will suit them. Will that Very help much. them at all? I mean, one of the one of the key. Pr- I mean, if they get Poch, I think that's going to be a brilliant signing. So do I. The, mm. the thing about Chelsea that's so noticeable is how unfit they are, how less fit they are. Well, that will change. Well, that is going to change, yeah. and they've got good players, mm. and you know, they just need to make a few adjustments. They need to get rid of about. Ten yeah. players and and bring in two or three and bring a goalkeeper and a striker will be vital and then they could I wouldn't say yeah. they'll challenge but they'll certainly challenge top six and what you'll see with Pochettino Danny as, as we saw at Spurs is that if there's if a few players there at, at Chelsea that don't like running don't like getting fit to play the way that mm-hmm. he wants to play much as we saw at Spurs they'll be down the road as he gets the support of the ball which I'm guessing well, he, he will, will. Yeah. And, do you know uh, what yeah. I, I'm actually shocked to hear Andy saying this because I would have thought. The modern game, with all due respect to genius players like Jan Mulby, the modern game, the minimum requirement is that you can run for 95 minutes. Well, that's been um, a big problem. They've been outrun by every... You just look at the stats. They've been outrun by every team they play. How, is that, how the, has that been allowed to they happen, didn't though, have, Because club. pre-season, the manager spent the whole time as the as the sort of director of football mm. trying to advise a bloke who doesn't know anything, who just wanted to spend £300 million without yeah, knowing but, what he was doing. We're, and the, we're, the nine, whole, we're nine and ten months away from that, Andy, and these are professional but players. But you can't Many get... Fit, if you don't have... You saw what Conte did with Spurs. If you don't have a proper pre-season where you really build fitness it's very difficult to get it back the hawksby and jacobs daily podcast 
If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. We thought, if we're going to have referee TV, let's make it a whole day of programming. Let's extend it. We don't just want what, some little eight-minute YouTube film of VAR decisions. Hmm. What about Craig Pawson's Creek, says Nick in Birmingham. <laughs> we need a kind of soap, don't we? It would we be do, good. Yeah. If we had a kind of EastEnders equivalent where all the referees live on the same square <laughs> and the way they always fall out, because we know it's quite a bitchy world. It would be... It's like backstage at Paris Fashion Week, uh, the world of referees. Wherever they tell you, one big happy family in my backside. Um, Web of Dives um, says, uh, that's come from Mar. Uh, Howard Webb reviews all the players diving and, and three judges mark them out of ten. The winner goes through to the next round. Dive of the season, I'm not sure about that. It's a bit football, that one. Um, yeah, if you want to come up with some other programmes for uh, Ref TV, I still think Mike <clears throat> Dean's Pack Lunch is the best one we've had from Andy so far. It's a beautiful little magazine. <laughs> show with oh, a yeah. Tramia supporting former referee. Tremendous. We'd all watch it, wouldn't we? Yeah, I would. <laughs> no, uh, talksport.com, text 81089, tweet TSH&J to get in touch. Uh, this caught my eye. This is uh, Amanda Holden. Oh, yeah. Claims to have footage of a real alien spaceship on her phone. Does she? She said, my friend Nathan sent it. Oh, well, it must be true. Well, then, it's got to be true then, Nathan isn't it? Yeah, it. that's right. <laughs> Brilliant, isn't it? Yeah, that's always a, it's always a get-out, isn't it? I've got the Yeti on my phone. Are you really? Nathan said, oh, in that case, the Yeti has got to be, isn't it? Loch Ness Monster. Great. Um, I've got a reader's trousers for you. Oh, okay, this right. So uh, it's different this... from the reader's trousers I'll do later on the podcast extra. Oh, yeah, we're recording the extra podcast. If you like reader's trousers, then you'll enjoy <laughs> the TalkSport extra podcast, which for a 
a ridiculous two ninety nine a month gives you a clips of the week special. I don't yeah. know, what, what's this week special? I look at the producer. What's Ray Parler? Ray Parler. Ray Parler. Oh, if you love fun, the yeah. work of Razor, then you'll enjoy this extra little podcast that you can download wherever you get your podcast. Sounds good to me. And uh, Andy goes through his kind of crackpot cuttings, mm. and uh, we try and make the best of those. But um, anyway, uh, so readers' trousers. Mm. These are literally, as mm. they sound, it's uh, a, a pair of trousers that you can buy via a, a national newspaper. Yeah. Normally the Mail or the Express. Or the Sun. But it's a, it's a kind of, it's the sort of selling bits that they put in it to tempt you. For example, this one that, yes. they, that was in the paper this morning. It's got a 360-degree elasticated waistband. Oh, that's nice. Aren't all waistbands 360 degrees? Otherwise you'd have a half a pair of trousers. No, you can have an elasticated gusset. <laughs> oh, I see. Couldn't you at the back? <laughs> Lovely. For those, for those people that don't want to wear an elasticated waist. <laughs> Nobody wants um, Because they feel it, they're basically waving a white flag. <laughs> I should give you a sample of some of the stuff. Was that, that it? Was, it? Was that the full extent of your well, reader's yeah, trousers? I'd like to save them for later. Good, okay. For the people who pay. Um, that's, that's not true. <laughs> uh, TalkSport Plus channel it is. True. The TalkSport Plus channel on Apple Podcast. Two ninety nine a month. You can get a free trial. So if you listen to that thing, that was rubbish. You haven't got to pay anymore. You get. You know, it's not going to cost you a bean, but you might enjoy it. You, you might, might enjoy it. It's it's there to go and check out. Uh, and there's uh, yeah, there's we've done a whole raft of um, sort of best of yes. director's cut uh, yeah, clips. Been quite fun when we take you yeah. behind the scenes. There's yes. good royal offers about at the moment actually as well. Yeah. In uh, they won. Half price King Charles book. Yeah, really. I, mean, I suppose the day's gone. It's a bit like <laughs> selling <laughs> everything off the must scarves. go. Yeah. And I, uh, I tell you what, though, is it uh, the? Hmm. Um, I know someone in the uh, as a as one of the hmm. stalls at, at, at Tottenham, and he was telling me the other day for the Manchester United game, he'd uh, he'd ordered half and half scarves for the Manchester United because he. I mean, honestly. Hmm. I think it was partly uh, apathy among my, some of my fellow Spurs fans. The people that normally sit around us for the Manchester United game have thought, I've had enough mm. of this, everything that's going on. And they put their tickets on the exchange. And because it's Manchester United, and it's you know, quite glam, quite tourist, yeah, yeah. we were inundated with tourists. We had Scandinavians in front of us, <laughs> sitting amongst our, our mates it's behind not good us. for the atmosphere, is we it? We had really? a very nice French lady who wasn't massively into football. Her husband wanted to go, and they're in England for a few days. And he got and he said, well, we're not going to sit together. But she was very nice. We were trying to explain our terrible Tottenham work. Did you get excited Longley got the ball? Yeah, I did say to him, we've got one French player in the team, and it's him. Yeah. So I was pointing him out for her. But, um, but yeah, we were surrounded by tourists. And he was telling me that... Um, some lady popped up uh, and bought 60 half and half scarves. No. 60. 60? Yeah. That's crazy. She drove on a bargain. She wanted a free one for herself, which I, he threw in out the kindness of it's his an heart. Odd thing. It's a very odd thing, the half and half scarf. Not just the people who, but, but the, the economics of it. Mm. Because they're produced for such once that game's gone, what do you do with it? There must be loads left over all over the place. Yeah, well, I know. I think they get done because, you know, it's like anything else. You buy the amount you're going to need, whereas my mate was telling me that he probably could have sold double the amount that the Manchester United game. That's amazing, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, but incredible. they are big around certain games. Uh, I suppose they are, I wouldn't. But the ones that get me the rivalry ones, when you've got, I don't know, Manchester United, Manchester City, or Arsenal, Tottenham, <laughs> so or... going to wear that? You know, it's like... <laughs> I, can't, I can't see a massive market in those. Anyway... Anyway, uh, you can get a Coronation of King Charles III coin, mm-hmm. and uh, it's, it's apparently, it's quite... Uh, they, they put rarity, just 500,000 struck worldwide. Wow. That's what I call limited edition. 
<laughs> Celebrity <laughs> Master Ref. That's a nice show. Oh, we all watch that. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> House of Yellow and Red Cards. So behind the scenes, <laughs> political power struggles of very the, the top level of referees. Thank you very much for that one. Um, yes. Uh, years and years ago, Hugh Dallas, the uh, the former World Cup referee, him, yeah. um, Scottish referee, was on Family Fortunes. Remember, we found the footage, yeah. didn't we, on on, yeah. uh, on fantasy football? Yeah. So, uh, uh, yeah. How about this for a TV show about yeah Hugh Dallas? What would it be called? He'd have his own soap opera. Says <laughs> Geo in Nottingham. <laughs> Kavanagh QC, where Chris reviews his questionable cards in his latest Premier League outing, says Ken from Newcastle. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Keith Hackett's been very popular in the TV format. Uh, Cash in the Hackett. Keith investigates corruption in football. Um, that I didn't put their name on that one. Injun Hackett. That would be good. Injun... <laughs> Sorry. It's one for the teenagers. Injun Hackett. Can you hack it, Bill the City fan? Former ref Keith Hackett puts two teams of current pundits for a series series of officiating tasks in the style of The Apprentice. Bill, I'd watch that. Uh, that's that a good, good idea. Th- that's not a bad Worst idea. Worst one each week is shown the red card. You can have a panel of referees making the pundit squirm. All those people who sit there and pass judgment, probably like us. Bill, that's, mate, that, you could get that away. That's a good format. Um, Howard's Way, remake where Webb comes back and United start getting all the decisions again. Yes, Bill the City fan, as I pointed out. Reffing Hell. Uh, whistleblowers discuss... He calls them whistle-botherers here, but I take that's a Freudian slip of the finger when he was keying it in. Whistleblowers discuss their idea of a nightmare scenario, being the fourth official at Anfield, etc. These are good ideas, Bill. Um, so David Attenborough um, his unnatural world of VAR says Scott the optimistic Leeds fan <laughs> men behaving madly that's obviously thank you Nick that's the good. Albion fan thank you very much for that um, an obligation to Durso well that's a bit in <laughs> Andy is. Durso reminisces with Fred Truman he'd have a job about tricky. those uh, he's hitting the mouth now to be carried off Ian you've got to be a bit of a completist <laughs> on this show like that. So, yeah. ready steady book says Tom in Somerset Whose line That's is good. it anyway, says Simon the Villa fan. Current refs take it in turns marking out a 10-yard line with disappearing <laughs> foam That's good. whilst wearing a mask. Celebrity ex-ref must answer questions before it disappears to take a guess at whose line it was, says Simon. You've put some thought into that. What about Gary, his ref TV? Tripping point. Tripping point, we watched <laughs> that, good. Gary. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Now, there's not many owners of football clubs that would go shirtless, go topless with their young athletic players. But um, uh, Rob McElhenney, the owner of Wrexham, owner of Wrexham, yeah. uh, has taken all of the Wrexham boys over to the States. They're in Vegas, and he put on a pool party. Him and his missus put on a pool party for the players. Wow! He put, uh, you'll see a body on him. He th- you know, he looks every inch the athlete. I mean, he looks in better nick than half the team. <laughs> it's quite amazing. <laughs> He's probably got his own personal trainer. And well, all yeah, that. I mean, but yeah, he looks in. He looks. He's got like a swimmer's body. Now, how old is he? Don't know what 40s. He is. Maybe early late. Yeah, probably early forties. I think. Mm. And uh, nice yeah, touch is his, uh, his wife, who's uh, in is in always sunny, of course, with him, uh, Caitlin Olsen. She's there, and this lovely bit of footage of her putting a little bit of suntan lotion on the lads because they're poor lads from Wales. <laughs> you know, they're pale lads, not poor lads. They're pale lads from <laughs> Wales. True. And um, there's quite a lot of them who uh, are not used to the rays to that extent. And she's rubbing suntan lotion into the players very selflessly. So it sounds like they're all having a very good time. Interesting to see how they go next year and how much money they spend and how much money they can spend mm. in that league. So it'll be, yeah. Good. Yeah, we're, we're, Humphrey Kerr, when he was on with us, with Self and Charlie a little while ago, the kind of exec director, he kind of feels that they're not going to fall 
too far foul of um, you know FFP. He feels mm. on with the equivalent of so the the salary cap. So he feels quite confident. Uh, thank you for your suggestions for Ref TV. Um, the old grey whistle test says uh, Richie, the Arsenal fan. Old refs such as Keith Hackett, Mark Halsey, go back uh, to ref in the Premier League. Can they keep up with the players and the rule changes? I'm sure they could. Uh, the Wartons. Let's bring that back with Pete. With Peter Wharton. <laughs> That's a great says idea. Richie. That's right. <laughs> Uh, maybe you could just go around and do up people's gardens. Will Peter paint your fence or will he just sit on it as usual, he says. A bit harsh there, Richie. So thank you for those suggestions for Ref TV. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. There we are. That was this afternoon's show. Uh, we're back tomorrow to uh, look on, looking back on the Real Madrid, Manchester City, looking ahead, as Alan would say, to Milan Derby, the second semi-final. And uh, lots of other matters besides. So I do hope you can join us from one. If not, the podcast, as always, will be available at around four o'clock. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between 1 and 4 p.m. on TalkSport. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.